Welcome to my podcast. I'm Libby Rothschild of Nutrition Business. I'm a registered dietitian, business coach, and course creator. My goal is to help you make moves in your business, take action, create revenue streams, and grow on social media so you can set up systems for monetization. Today is a very personal topic, and it's called Money Story. So I'm going to be explaining to you some topics that have to do with your personal, individual, unique money story. So what does that mean? <laughs> what, what, is, what is a money story? So according to Cheryl Barr, she has a blog that's called uh, What's Your Money Story? And she said one of the most important things that you can do to improve your financial situation is to understand your money story. What she further explains is that you want to identify what your existing relationship is with money, what you're saying about money, and what you believe about it. And that's extremely telling for your relationship. So I'm going to reference today a Forbes article. I'm going to talk about some personal stories. I'm going to mention some some anecdotes, some actionable steps. And today is a little bit different. It's mindset related, but I want to talk more about behind the scenes. So I recently did discuss my rate, how I went from $250 an hour to $1,500 an hour for speaking and what I, I lacked in that episode was telling you the story of why that's important to me. So that, that deserves its own podcast episode. So your money story is basically how you felt about money and what experiences you've had with it since infancy. And, and it goes back. And it's super personal. I contemplated sharing my entire money story with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start with bits and pieces. How's that? Uh, so I looked up a Forbes article and I wanted to point out seven tips that they discuss about your money story. They say, number one, write it down. And then they say, what did you learn about your money story from your parents or your caretakers, right? whoever raised you? Really powerful. Number two, how did those stories from exercise one impact your beliefs about money? Number three, do your current beliefs support your values? Number four, what would you do differently if you could rewrite your money story? Number five, how would a new money story support your happiness? Number six, how would, um, what, what would support you in building a new money story for you and your family if you have one? And number seven, create a money story you'd want your children to hear and learn. And I really, I really love that. I love the progression of reflection on your family, to your beliefs, to creating a new one, and then leaving a legacy for your children. Or if you don't want to have kids, it could be, you know, for a cause that you believe in, or it could be for your career. Uh, you know, maybe for me, I, I want kids and I want to leave a legacy for the future of dietetics as well. So I want women in dietetics specifically to get over the rate debate. I want women in dietetics to start charging what they're worth. I want women in dietetics to write down their money story and if not share it, at least journal it and have it be an exercise that they practice and then reframe their thoughts about money and take power and control over the decisions they make and the actions in their business. So I know a lot of us have hang-ups, and they're, of course, deeply rooted. 
So I wanted to to talk about that <laughs> because how you grew up and the words that your family said or your caretakers, that all affects your perception of money today. Of course, that's how you've been shaped, right? That's psychology. The feelings you've had, the experiences you've undergone, that all affects now when you take a talk for free or when you don't charge what you're worth. And it's complex. And I encourage you to break it down. And I think without breaking it down, you can make progress. And when you do write out your money story and you practice this exercise and you get in touch with, you know, your relationship with money and your barriers and your breakthroughs and where you want to be, it's only going to strengthen your relationship with business and your relationship with yourself. And that's a beautiful thing. So basically that's just debunking limiting mindsets. (laughs) So I want you to think, you know, when you were growing up, whether times were tight or maybe you you grew up in middle class, upper class, you know, whatever kind of family you had, uh, meaning the structure, the income level, etc., how did you know, what words were thrown around? Was it, you know, the economy's bad, we can't afford this? Uh, what were what lessons did your parents teach you? Uh, for me, I grew up in a single parent family and I was raised strongly by my grandparents. My grandpa immigrated from uh, Russia. He's first generation, well, his parents did. He's first generation here. And uh, he has worked very, very hard um, in his whole life. So he's created his own business for himself. And then my uncles, or one of my uncles in particular, is also a part of that business now. And so I have grown up feeling and knowing that hard work and money and independence are important. A lot of what my family taught me growing up is that I should be independent. And if I want something, I have to get it. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that that was really hard for me growing up as a young girl. They were really harsh on me, really strict. So it was a lot of, Oh, you want it? Like, go get it. And I remember feeling mad and feeling like I got the short end of the stick. So I guess you could call that resentful. And I got over it, but it wasn't until a lot later in life did I start to see that that was an absolute blessing. And the fact that I actually turned that around and made that into my career... is is actually really special. And so now my, you know, my business is about empowering and helping dietitians create impact and income. And what I'm trying to say today is that part of that, you know, part of peeling back the onion so to speak and and really debunking these limiting mindsets and stop holding yourself back is you have to take a moment and reflect on your past and your relationship and understand why. And, and then also, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about the people you surround yourselves with and the words they say and the opinions they have and how that affects you. Could be your partner. Uh, it could be a family member you're close with. It could be your friends. So... I remember when I was young, and I I mean like a a kid, that money was not thrown around. Money was respected, but it was also, my family treated it very much like they were frugal and they did not want to spend things unless if they had to. So I didn't grow up with a whole lot of elaborate celebrations. 
Um, I'm Jewish, so I had a, a bat mitzvah. But other than that, like, I didn't really have, like, grandiose celebrations for anything. I pretty much worked really hard for what I had. And I don't regret it. At the time, I remember feeling upset. But there was some ups and downs. So I'm going to share those with you. Uh, one of the big ups... I mean, now I only remember the ups, but at the time, I remember feeling a little bit upset. Um, One of the big moments uh, was that in high school, I remember uh, my mom had said, you know, if you want things, and she was particularly strict with me, she said, if you want things, you need to learn how to get them. And in this world, being a woman, you need to be independent. And I love my mom. She's amazing, but she's definitely harsh. She was. She was harsh with me. She wanted me to learn and do it on my own. And so part of my money story is that I did. And I'm so happy I did. And so I got a job. I got a job when I was really young. I started working when I was 14 because I wanted to make my own money. And I wanted to buy things. And, and I wasn't getting any handouts. And so, yeah, sure, I struggled a little bit. And I remember I was 14, so I would make money and spend it, right? I remember I would spend it on clothes. I, did, I like, got a gym membership. I mean, I was, I was young. And then by the time I was uh, 16, I actually got a job. I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I, I got an internship position working at a bank when I was 16. I made so much money in high school that I, um, I bought a car and I, you know, was able to save up for college. Um, and then I was also, I mean, not all of it. I, I had some other, I also had scholarships for college. That's another story I'll get to in a moment. Um, but I made really good money and I also made commission, which was good because it helped me with my sales skills. So I worked at a bank and every time I made a referral to a money market or a mutual fund, I got $5. And anyone who had a significant balance, I would say to them, hey, have you spoken with our money market team who can talk to you about investments? And I would walk them over to the money market team and I would get paid for every single commission. And I, I, I cannot even remember how much money I made in commission versus for my paycheck, but I remember my hourly rate. I can't remember the time I was 16 well no yeah 16 to 18 um so I can't remember the hourly rate but I know I made really good money plus commission as a kid so and I also got work experience for working so I was able to leave high school very early and go to work I mean I was like living like an adult and and so what that experience taught me well first of all sales and that was before I became a personal trainer. And I, had, I could have gone that route. I could have just stayed at the bank and I could have been a businesswoman and that would have been great, but I didn't feel super fulfilled. It's part of what, the reason why I went to you know, helping in nutrition. I really like the, the ability to help people, but I also love that business mindset, which is why I now combine them. Um, but at the time, again, I started that job because of a couple of reasons. I wanted to make money. I did have experience, so I was qualified, you know, to be hired for it. And I also thought it would be good skill building. So I'm really glad I got that position. It was an amazing opportunity. I made money, I spent it, and I also saved a little bit of it. And I really didn't even realize at the time, I didn't respect money as much as I should have. I did have a 401k when I was 16. I later rolled it over, but um, I don't think I really understood money that well. Um, all I knew is that my family wanted me to make my own. So then I did. And you know what? I don't, I can't give advice for teens and money, like young people and money. That's not necessarily my niche. I know that's so complicated, but I will talk about money for a business entrepreneur because I feel more comfortable with that. I'm just telling you my story. I made money. 
I saved some of it, I spent some of it, and I don't think I realized the significance of, of holding a job of that nature until later. So I'm going to uh, rewind a little bit to um, college. So end of high school, my family said that they were not going to pay for me to go to college. It was more practical for me to go to a community college, which is totally understandable. And it is more affordable, but I didn't want that. And by the way, I'm a very much, if you haven't noticed, I'm very much a person who likes to do things her own way. And I always have. So, but the catch is if you want to do things your own way, you got to do them on the terms, you know, <laughs> you have to do them on your terms. So meaning, sure, I want to go to college, but I can't force my family to pay for it. So then that means what are you going to do? So I worked my butt off and applied to tons of scholarships and not because of, of merit, because I'm, I'm not a 4.0 student, by the way. I'm like a solid 3.3. I've always been like a B average and I've tried to. I'm just, I would not consider myself an exceptional student. Um, I'm like okay to good at best. <laughs> um, there's definitely been like courses and, and topics that I struggled with more than others, uh, so I didn't get scholarships because I'm a straight-A student or an athlete. I, I got them because I did a lot of extracurricular activities, and I had a well-rounded background. I did a lot of leadership. I did community work, and I wrote essays, and I had them. I can't remember. I know my mom helped me like critique them and read them, and she was super supportive of the whole process, um, but she very much was like, yeah, if you want this, you have to get it. And to this day, I respect and love my mom for making me do that. Um, of course, I thought she was being harsh on me and I, I was upset with her. You know, mothers and daughters are, are known to um, have frustrations, especially growing up. Um, but I, I overcame it and I, I received um, enough scholarship that I actually was it paid for more than my college education. And I went out of state. Uh, so I couldn't believe that I, I was able to get that many scholarships. And I have to say for my money story, and of course, I'm telling, I'm not telling you the entire money story. I'm telling you bits of it. Um, but for that part of my money story, I was really proud of myself. I was really proud that I was able to make that happen. And I'm, that's one of my greatest achievements is giving it a try with the scholarships and then leaving, I went out of state. So I'm from LA, I'm from California, and I left and went to school in Arizona. And it was a big deal. It was a big deal to leave home, and it was unfamiliar, and it was scary, and I feel very independent and powerful being able to make that decision, but it wouldn't have been without the support of my family. And I love the fact that they didn't pay for me. I love that they made me work for it, because those skills translated into every successful aspect of my life. So as much as I was upset and angry at them, for having some money and not giving it to me. I really am grateful for them because what they did is they showed me how to make my own life and be independent. And now that's the legacy that I can not only leave to my kids, but that's also the legacy in business that I want to leave to in dietetics, specifically females in dietetics. And so those are examples of my money story from, you know, <laughs> when I was a teenager, right? Now I'm, I'm 31. And in my 20s, uh, and I mentioned this on my bio on my website, if you saw it before, it's being redesigned. So as soon as it's available, but my money story in my 20s is that I started my business as a personal trainer. I made so much money. I'm I made hundred over $100 an hour and I was pulling a lot of sessions a week I mean, just crazy money. And, and again, I, I wasn't thinking in a business mindset. 
So I wasn't thinking about scaling. I wasn't thinking about growth. I was also like, you know, I was in my 20s. So I had a lot of other stuff and um, going on. (laughs) Uh, But my money story is that I was still independent and supporting myself through my own business. I I made so many mistakes that I now reflect on. And in this business, I I work hard to not repeat. And I'm glad to reflect on, on what I did that didn't work now. But what I wanted to mention is that I have created my own path in a lot of ways. And creating my own independent personal training business, meaning charging people per hour and using private gyms, so I'd pay the gym a fee, you know, 20, 30 bucks as a copay, and I'd make the rest of the money. I would sell packages, sometimes one session, sometimes short packages, et cetera, to clients. And then I'd make, uh, you know, 80 to 80% of that profit. I mean, it was really, really good money. So I wasn't building wealth, though. I was not saving or investing in my 20s. I In my 30s, I started, actually in my late 20s, I started doing that. But I took a, a long break in my 20s where my money mindset was not, let me tell you, I was not appreciating money. I was not respecting money. I was just living my life. I was focusing on finishing my career in dietetics and, you know, working out all the things that 20-something-year-olds work out, uh, which is where I was at in my life at the point, at that time. So... Now, my money story is that I work hard to create income and um, for the last several years, so again, starting in my late 20s, create multiple streams of income and create them through passive and active reoccurring revenue through speaking, online courses, coaching clients, uh, consulting, and then I still do have a nine to five job at, at this exact time. So as I discuss my money story, I just want you to keep in mind that what I do now is similar to my behavior from my youth. And it comes from where I was brought up. So I was brought up in a culture and a Jewish family where, and I was brought up in a single parent home where I was told that I needed to be independent. I needed to be able to take care of myself no matter what. And I need to make my own decisions. I was raised by a very, very strong woman. And I am a very, very strong woman. And the story that I tell you affects me significantly. It affects who I am today and affects the decisions that I make. And I want you, I encourage you to reflect on your money story. And if you don't want to share it, that's okay. It can be private. But if you at least write it down, (laughs) learn from it. Think about the words that your family said. Think about, you know, relationships. Think about jobs you've had. And then, of course, I want you to think about where you want your money story to be now. And, and so after you reflect on your, your belief set about money and, and, you know, how you feel about it and what emotions are involved, I just want you to know that you can rewrite the story. The story doesn't have to be permanent. There can be aspects from your past that you do or didn't like that you want to redirect or reframe. And so then the tricky part comes into uh, when you have a family as well, right? So for those of you who are in relationships, married with kids, or maybe you have a partner or like me, I'm engaged, my money story for my fiance is extremely different. 
And so it's, it's really important that we talk about it, we explore that conversation, and that we're on the same page so that we can write our future money story, not just for, for business, but also for personal, because as you know, uh, they are interconnected and interrelated because you want to be happy at home and you want to be on the same page. And then if you want to carry out your business for your life and create impact, uh, that, that directly affects your family. So those are all really important topics to think about before you talk about the whole rate debate. So when you ask yourself, you know, why you do talks for free, why you charge $100, etc., I want you to reflect on the money story that I asked you to write down. And I want you to rewrite it and think if you could make that money story the way that you want, how would it be different? And then most importantly, what legacy would you leave behind? I want to make this twofold. What legacy would you leave behind for your kids or organization? Let's say you do have kids. What would you want them to learn or hear? And then what about your business? What legacy from your business would you want to leave behind? And I'm excited. I want to tell you about the legacy for my business, and I will coming up in a in another episode uh, because today I, I really want the focus to be about designing a money story. And you have the power, uh, you know, just like anything from your childhood, you have the power to th- to talk about it, to think about it, to reflect on it, and then to adjust it. And you know, things don't have to be the way that they were; they can be different. And you have the power. So I wanted to share that very personal story with you today. And I hope this has inspired you to think about your money story. And I hope that you can look back at the actions that you've taken in your business or the actions that you will take going forward and really think where your beliefs come from. And then finally, what can you do to supplement in your life to stay positive about money? So for me, that means surrounding myself with either books. So like Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass in Making Money. I really like that. I've listened to that a few times on Audible. She has a new one coming out in December that I'm going to, um, I don't know if it's money or if it's just in general, just a book, an empowering book. And then I like Dave Ramsey's podcast. He is, I've talked about him before. In addition to money, financial freedom, he is like the best marketer ever. I really think he's incredible. He's very well known in that space. So not only do I like to read books about money and financial planning, but I like to listen to podcasts. I like to stay relevant. I do invest And it's important, you know, my fiance owns a home. And so we're both believers in investing and my family as well. They believe in, you know, saving and investing in the future. And so I think that when you can talk about anticipating money and building wealth in whatever way that looks like, 401k, et cetera, individually with your partner, I think those conversations are important to have right now. I want you to think about money right now and I want you to think about how you feel about it and think if you appreciate money and if you respect money and then learn that whatever you think today, since a lot of people don't like to have this conversation, specifically women, you have the power to change your mindset and beliefs about money. It all starts with your money story. Are you ready to build impact and create revenue streams in your business? Go to LibbyRothschild.com and apply for coaching. Also, check out my course opportunities such as Beat the Algorithm to learn how to set up systems for monetization in your nutrition business. 